Hello and welcome to How About Them Huskers. My name is Will Noda Francesco, and this time I am not joined by my grandpa Husker Dan from the beautiful city of Omaha, uh, Nebraska, because he's feeling a little bit under the weather, so uh, I kind of had to do this podcast by myself because you think that we'd be able to skip it, kind of, but uh, with the whole Scott Frost thing going down, um, and especially this Georgia Southern game, I don't think we can skip this one, so uh, I just told Grandpa I'd do this one by myself, so um, I, we'll get his take on the Scott Frost firing next week for sure. Uh, he'll, he'll be back and, and ready to go next week. He should be feeling better, um, but I just want to talk uh, real quick before we talk about, or I keep saying we, <laughs> before I start talking about uh, this Georgia Southern game, uh, I, I like to talk real quick about um I guess the elephant in the room and Scott, and Scott Frost being fired uh, by Nebraska as of this morning. Today is Sunday, uh, September 11th, 2022. Um, also, just real quick shout out to the uh, first responders and everyone from uh, 9-11. It's 21st anniversary today. Um, and just a big thanks to them and uh, prayers be with all those families um, of the people that were lost. But uh, yeah, um, anyway, on to the, on to the bigger news. Scott Frost is now gone from Nebraska. Um, he was fired this morning uh, by Trev Alberts. I'm pulling up the what, what Trev Alberts said uh, real quick. He said it in a press conference. So basically he said, Early today I met with Coach Frost and informed him uh, we are making a change in the leadership of our football program effective immediately. Uh, and then he thanked, basically was thanking Scott for putting so much time into it. I mean – if I'm sure if you ask some random Nebraska fan to be like, hey, tell Scott Frost he's fired and then give a press conference about it, they just rip into him. But Trev Alberts is a good guy. Um, he, he knows what how much work uh, Scott does to, to for this program. Um, and, I mean, it just hasn't worked out. Uh, and I think he finally figured that out after year five. But better late than never. Uh, and then he said, after the disappointing start to our season, I decided the best path forward for our program was to make a change in our head coaching position. Um, and he's appo- and he appointed uh, Mickey Joseph, the new interim head coach, for the rest of the season. Um, I don't know who they're going to hire. Uh, that's something that Grandpa and I will have to discuss when he gets back next week. But um, the, I mean, I think that this Scott Frost thing, we'd kind of seen it coming. And I think Grandpa and I were both saying that if he loses to Oklahoma, then they're going to fire him. But we did not expect this kind of game from Nebraska against Georgia Southern where Nebraska scores 42 points and loses by three. And they they were kicking a field goal to stay in the game, which was just, I mean, the the defense was so bad. So many times watching last night, I was saying that uh, I was – saying i would just kept saying the defense is so bad why is the defense so bad because we're so used to as nebraska fans the defense was just so good last year and we just locked down everyone and then you let up 45 points to a okay sort of explosive but it's georgia southern uh, offense their offense isn't really that great we handled kyle van treese last year with buffalo we held that offense to three points he didn't really have that many more weapons he still had he had a good running back like he did last year and he had one good wide receiver in um oh, I forget what the kid's name was but um he had he had one good wide receiver um I, he he had a few he had Burgesses and then also I believe his name was Cook or something like that I forget what the um other wide receiver's name was but um I mean 
I, I think or Hood, Caleb Hood. There we go. Uh, and, and Jeremy Singleton, but still, it's not the same. It's not the same thing. Nebraska has all these transfers. You have Marcus Washington, Trey Palmer, Oliver Martin was still there. Brody Belt had a really good game. I thought. Um, I, I mean, I don't, I don't see how Nebraska loses this game. It's just the defense was so poor. It was like, so poor that I, I mean, I just can't. I, I don't understand what's happening. We switched around the offensive staff, and that seemed to work perfectly. Uh, but I don't know what's I don't know what's happened on the defense. I don't know what Shenander's doing. Um, I I don't know what's going on. Um, it, it this is something that cannot happen. You can't have this happen and expect to keep your job. So I'm not upset that they fired Scott Frost when they did. Uh, I think it was the right thing to do. Um, I don't think they should have waited it out because that's going to be an argument I think you'll see pop up in the next few days that they should have been like, oh, just like he's still trying to figure this kind of stuff out. No, it's Georgia Southern, third game of the season. You had a whole spring training. You had a whole fall. You had all fall ball to figure it out. It looks like Casey Thompson figured it out. He's my offensive MVP for this game. Uh, he played really, really well. Two, two, uh, three rushing touchdowns, I think. Um Maybe maybe more. I forget total, but um, he played really well. Twenty three of thirty four for three hundred eighteen yards, one passing touchdown. Really really great uh, great job. Yeah, three rushing touchdowns. I mean, he just came up clutch so much, and it was just the defense let him down. Uh, there was um, a graphic that came up on the screen uh, while I was watching the game, and I'm sure if you guys were watching this game as well, uh, you saw it. It was the 214-0 and 0 was Nebraska's record coming into this game of scoring 35 or more points at home, and you score 42 and you lose to this Georgia Southern team. You allow 45 points to a Sunbelt East team, which... They're going to get murdered in Big Ten play if this is what's going to happen. Uh, and I've, I met, I had the privilege of meeting Mickey Joseph uh, this summer at the uh, golf scramble we were talking about. He was he was there. I got to meet him and talk with him for a little bit. And um, he he wants these guys to work. Uh, and I think that's huge. Garrett Nelson already does. He was my he's my defensive MVP. Uh, I thought Tommy Hill had a pretty good game. He did have the one stupid holding penalty towards the end that kind of let Georgia Southern. Um, catch a break there to have Kyle Van Trees rush in for that game-winning touchdown. I ended up being game-winning touchdown, but um, I mean, there's there's so many things that should happen. They had Nebraska had Georgia Southern at third and three at their own like what at their at their own 32 yard line with three minutes to go in the fourth, and you were gonna get the ball back, and and then I mean, you can't. You're gonna get the ball back, and then you get the ball back, and you just go three and out. It's, I mean, you really can't, you can't do that. It's just, I mean, you cannot expect to win a football game against a team like Georgia Southern, where I mean, Georgia Southern credit to them, they did not make a lot of mistakes. They didn't make a lot of mistakes, and that's what you have to do to beat a team like Nebraska um, and some of these big five, big power five schools, uh, I should say. Like we saw Appalachian State upset, Texas A&M. Texas almost beat Alabama. Uh, the reason Texas didn't win that game is because they missed a 20-yard chip shot field goal right before half. Otherwise, they win that game by two. And, uh, I, mean, I mean, you have to be perfect, almost perfect, to beat these teams. Uh, luckily for Georgia Southern, Nebraska, you can be a little bit less than perfect. Nebraska actually won the turnover battle for the first time this year, but they lost by three. So, I mean, it, take what you will. I, I'm glad that we won the turnover battle. We didn't lose anything on offense. Our offense looked good. Uh, two interceptions, both by Tommy, or sorry, both by uh, Marquise Buford. Uh, he had a really good game. 
after a shaky start to the season against uh, Northwestern in particular. Now, um, but I mean, again, Anthony Grant, 138 yards again in a touchdown. He, he's going to be a, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with once we get into Big Ten play, and he starts ripping up the these Big Ten defenses because he is one of the best running backs I've seen at Nebraska in a long time. He's wearing that uh, number 10 jersey. It reminded me of Roy Hallou, uh Jr. from 2011. Uh, he's got the same jersey number as him, but uh, they they don't they don't exactly run the same. But uh, he reminds me a lot of Amir Abdullah for sure. Um, and and he's going to be a force to be reckoned with, as I said. Uh, but back to this game in particular, Georgia Southern is just. I mean, you can't. It's a Sun Belt East team. Please, my goodness, just put the game away. It was always like Nebraska had they they had a chance to put the game away, or sorry, they didn't have a chance. They effectively they made some stops when they needed to. Their offense scored when they needed to, and then the defense just couldn't get a stop. And Credit to Casey Thompson for driving down and getting them into field goal range in 36 seconds. That was uh, when when Georgia Southern scored. I was like, oh no, this is done. Um, but I'm glad that we do have Timmy Bleakrod. I'm not blaming him for that kick. That is a 52 yarder. His longest ever is 51, and that was like in FCS level, so it's nowhere near the same amount of noise and all that stuff. I get they're playing at home, but uh, I mean, Nebraska 21 point favorites in this game. You cannot like. You just cannot let this happen. Uh, Marcus Washington did have a good game, I'll say that. The, the entire offense played really well uh, for the most part. They didn't convert some third downs when they needed to, but, uh, I, I mean, Nebraska can't just – you can't be doing this. It's not – It's not. this isn't what the state – This you, re, you represent the state of Nebraska, and the state of Nebraska relies on you for entertainment, and you, you represent them, and you re, represent this Nebraska fan base – you can't be doing this. You can't be losing th- by three points to a Sunbelt team the week before you play Oklahoma. I'm worried for this Oklahoma game. I do not know what the heck is going to happen. Uh, I, Grandpa and I might have to record something during the week if he's feeling better about us just talking about the Scott Frost firing and then previewing the uh, Oklahoma game because that's going to be a big game for Nebraska just because rivalry loss. But I think, personally, I think they're going to get killed. They're going to get their butts handed to them, and it's, I and I think everyone's betting on that. I don't know what the line is on that game right now. Um, I'll I'll look it up real quick. But um, the the defense of Nebraska is just going to get shattered by this high powered offense of Oklahoma. And I mean, I'm so, I'm so worried for. It. I don't know what uh, what's going to be happening here. Um, and I, the line is probably what three touchdowns. Oh, it's only two right now, so Oklahoma's favored by 14 points, but that's going to probably change here soon, uh, I'd imagine. So um, I I think that Nebraska's just going to get killed. It's giving uh, ESPN has their matchup predictor or whatever. It, it's giving Oklahoma a 75% chance to win. I really doubt that. I don't think that uh, Nebraska has that much of a chance to win this game. Um, but, I mean, there's, there's, so, there's so much that Nebraska needs to fix on defense that it just boggles my mind. I don't know how they dropped off that far from from last year, but uh, I, I don't know how this – again, this Georgia Southern game, absolutely inexcusable, and I, I know you guys listening agree with me. Um, and, I mean, I, th- I think that this Nebraska team is just – it's lost the glory days and everyone is expecting it to come back. 
Uh, and I was too. Grep and I both were. We were both were like, oh, okay, we're back. Like when we made our season predictions, I was saying what I think it was like ten and no, not ten and three. It was like ten and two or something like that. Not counting bowl or anything like that. I, f- I forget what I said. Ten and one, something like that, um, or nine and three. I forget. I forget exactly what I said um, concerning the Nebraska prediction that we made. And I'm not even seeing them like. They're one and two right now. Georgia Southern has a better record than Nebraska, right? Georgia Southern's undefeated, and Nebraska's lost two games. And they've lost, they've played both their games. At, sorry, uh, their two games that they've played that have been close that shouldn't really be were at home. And Georgia Southern coming into Lincoln and beating Nebraska, if you told Tom Osborne that, I mean, I ima- he'd just flip out. I mean, I imagine he was watching the game, but still, like. You tell any of the players, you tell, uh, we had Jordan Westerkamp on, you tell Jordan Westerkamp, you say, hey, Jordan, before the, like you tell him before the, you're like, oh, yeah, I think that Georgia Southern is going to beat this Nebraska team by by three and score 45 on him. No one would believe you. No one would believe you. This Nebraska defense is way too solid. You, what It was perceived to be way too solid uh, at the time to, to be like, oh, let's like, Okay, I'm like someone says, "Oh, you're gonna let up 45 points to a mid-level Sunbelt team," and you'd be like, "No, there's no way that's happening." And then it just happened, and there's no there's no way that that Scott Frost was staying on after this game, especially. That's why I was after this game. Uh, it showed him kind of putting his headset down and walking over to meet um, Clay Helton, who's the Georgia Southern coach, former USC coach, got fired by them. Obviously, Lincoln Riley is there now. But um, Clay Helton, uh, just to meet him in the center and say, like, hey, good game, that kind of stuff that uh, the coaches always will do after games. But you could just see it on his face when the camera's walking over. He just, he realized that he was finished because he knew that losing – it doesn't. I don't think it mattered if Nebraska won this game. Letting up 45 points to Georgia Southern is not – I mean, you can't expect to keep your job coaching in a Power 5 team. Like, we saw, um, oh, what's this, the Florida coach from last year um, get fired because of the, Florida almost lost to Samford, which is a FCS school. They, they gave up, like, 52 points to Samford. Um, I forget what his name was. Um, but, I mean, it's you cannot expect to stay on as a – power five football coach and um and to stay to stay on the the staff of a power five football school and give up 45 points to a really terrible um a really terrible sorry not a really terrible georgia southern team but a decent georgia southern team uh that florida coach from last year was dan mullen is the one i was thinking of but anyway he got he got fired because of that samford game like i said um, and he just couldn't, uh, if you let up that much time, that many points, um, against a really bad, like, yeah, 52 points against Sanford's Florida won 70 to 52 against a FCS team, which I mean, you just, I, I don't, you can't be doing that. And proven again by Nebraska, you let up 45 points at home against Georgia Southern the students start chanted started chanting fire frost after the uh, after the game and I, maybe during the game I didn't hear it but uh, I think it was after the game they were 
throw to Channing Fire Frost, and I think Trev, Trev Alberts made the uh, right decision. Um, but again, I would love to hear her grandpa's take on this, and we'll we'll get that next time uh, we put out an episode because he should be back next time we put out an episode. Um, but I, w- I would like to say that I think that Nebraska Nation deserves better than this, and um, you will be getting better from Mickey Joseph, I believe, is a better coach than Scott Frost will be, just as an interim, uh, obviously. But uh, wh- whoever they hire is going to need to bring Nebraska back. And I don't know who that's going to be. It's probably one of those lower level. Um, I, I don't know if you could get Luke Fickle away from Cincinnati, but the the stuff he's done in Cincinnati is uh, very good. But anyway, as I said, we'll have to talk with Grandpa about what, and do some more research on who we think um, should replace Scott Frost at the end of the year. Um, but I do like the Mickey Joseph appointment as, as uh, the interim head coach for Nebraska. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll talk about this Oklahoma game coming up here a little bit. I already did. Uh, Oklahoma's 2-0 and coming in this game, ranked number six in the nation. They, I mean, they're only allowing 300 yard total yards per game. They're gaining about 500 per game, 264 passing yards. I mean, they're scoring 39 points per game. Nebraska has a 36 point, sorry, has a 36 points per game average, which is insane i like i think i believe nebraska's last year was like 24 or something like that so they have they've only played three games but they've scored 28 38 and 42 which looks pretty dang good uh and i mean this oklahoma team's just gonna rip them to shreds uh the one advantage Nebraska does have is that our running game is much better than Oklahoma. So if we can somehow pound that and uh, ride the running game, which our offensive line did a better job blocking against Georgia Southern, I will say that uh, they did a much better job of trying to uh, of of filling of holding blocks, I should say, because before that, uh, bef- those those previous games before they would get on blocks, but then they wouldn't be able to hold them long enough. Uh, and it was a problem because Casey was having to scramble out of the pocket a lot. They were able to hold blocks against this Georgia Southern defensive front pretty well. Uh, it looked better than the North Dakota game, uh, I believe. And I, I think that these offensive linemen have started, they've settled in kind of. Uh, Teddy Prohaska did get injured. I, don't, I think he's fine. Um, I didn't I didn't look into that too hard. Uh, but we did get to see Kevin Williams play, which was nice. Um but, I mean, we're going to have to ride the running game against Oklahoma, and Oklahoma's defensive front is not Georgia Southern's and not North Dakota's and not Northwestern's either. So uh, I think that's going to be a big problem uh, for, for Nebraska to try, and they're going to have to try and run the ball because I don't think Casey's going to be able to pick apart this Oklahoma defense just passing. Trey Palmer might – Trey Palmer, is, it seems like he's – I'm not going to say he's a bust, but I feel like he's not living up to the potential that we – uh, know he can and have seen what he can do at LSU uh, in previous years and then based on what Mickey Joseph's been saying about him and I believe Mickey I think he I think he's spot on about his uh, prediction for Trey Palmer that he can be one of the best receivers in the Big Ten but I I, I believe in that but I just don't think I think he's underperforming right now uh, he only has 231 yards on the season in three games so that's not even 100 yards a game uh, Marcus Washington, the connection between Marcus Washington and Casey Thompson I talked about, I believe, last week with Grandpa is much better um, than the Trey Palmer connection. Uh, and I like Marcus Washington. Uh, I, I do want to say one thing. I really did not like the jerseys that Nebraska were wearing. It's kind of, as a, as a, as a Husker media coverage person, I know the numbers and what player that is, but like my mom was like, Oh, who's this? Who's that? Like, and I was just having to list off. And that's just so when you don't have the last names on the back. And also it wasn't like 
they made the last name they took the last names off the back so they could have this really cool alternate jersey it just was like oh it looks like a practice jersey it looks like perforated holes in it kind of thing um and it i was like oh okay this is kind of dumb but all right um i i wonder if they'll roll out different ones for the uh oklahoma game next week i don't know uh nebraska doesn't seem to be huge into like the flashy uniforms which i'm fine with oregon is the extreme other side of that um and probably mm, notre dame's the other side Uh, the the like we don't do it they notre dame has like the white and the blue which they haven't changed for hundreds of years it feels like even though playing clutch football for that long but um and then just the no last name on the back, that, that kind of stuff. But, um, I, I mean, Nebraska's more towards the Notre Dame side of that, I believe. So uh, we have had some cool alternate ones in the past, though, so we'll see. We did some – I think we did, like, different helmets last year for uh, Oklahoma. I forget. I, I think they had different ones, different uniforms, um, but I, I, I'm, not, I'm not remembering correctly probably. Uh, anyway, well, let's – I want to move on real quick to talk about Husker volleyball real quick. They beat uh, Long Beach State, I believe, um, in a – I mean, they they routed them again. Um, Sorry, not – they did not play – they haven't played them twice yet, but they didn't lose a set uh, again. And it's just really, really good for them to be uh, doing so well because – Nebraska, the university needs something to cheer about. Um, they're seven and zero right now. They play. Let's see. They play Stanford coming up here uh, on Wednesday, and uh, they played. I forget if Grandpa and I talked about this, but they did. I don't think so. But they did play Creighton. Yeah, they played them. What the seventh? So that would have. Yeah, we haven't talked about this yet. So they played Creighton. Creighton was ranked number seventeenth in the nation in volleyball. They beat them three two. Uh, they won the first two sets, lost the next two, and then won the last one by six. Uh, so that's really promising. Uh, they, I mean, they played it technically. It was an away game, but they played right in Omaha, which is like an hour and thirty minute drive from Lincoln. So, um, but Creighton looked good, and I think it was a good warm up for Nebraska before they start getting into Stanford, uh, Kentucky, Michigan State, Ohio State. Maryland, you run into the good Wisconsin, of course. Uh, you run into those good. Um, Big Ten teams and Stanford, I, th- I believe, is pretty good. Um, a- at least they have been in the past. So uh, we'll see. Yeah, they play them at 7 p.m. coming up this Wednesday. Uh, that'll be another good test. But yeah, they they look good. Uh, seven seven uh, wins in a row. I don't. I forget if they're still number two or not um, in the, in the country. But um, I don't know for sure. But uh, they have been playing really really well as of late. Uh, and that Creighton win uh, is huge for the morale of that team and also, like, the preparedness um, of Nebraska when they play teams like Stanford of uh, in in the coming weeks here. And then you get into these teams like um, not – sorry, not uh, – yeah, you get into these teams like Wisconsin and that, and that kind of stuff um, – here and uh, it looks like it just has an RPI. Hold on, let's see. Uh, here we go. Texas is number one. Nebraska's number two still. Minnesota's number three, so they'll be playing them, I believe, uh, at some point. Oh, or maybe not. Oh, they play Minnesota as the last game of the season, so that will be a really good test for them. Minnesota being number three, Wisconsin's number six. Um, Stanford's number eleven, so that's going to be huge for Nebraska. 
uh, coming in. Creighton, I said, was 17. They've already played them. Um, and they play Penn State, I think. Yeah, they play Penn State. Penn State's been good. They have a Penn State transfer. Uh, but anyway, that's we don't need to get too much. Or I keep saying we again. I don't need to get too much into that. But I uh, just wanted to mention that real quick, that uh, they're, they've just been popping off as of late. Um, and, yeah, I mean, Scott Frost is fired. It's a new era at Nebraska. We'll we'll see. It's kind of in flux right now with a interim because you're not going to really hire during the season. It doesn't really work that way. Um, but we'll see. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting. Uh, I do want to thank you guys for listening today. Uh, a little bit shorter of an episode because I don't think I can really talk to myself for what thirty six minutes um, and and have you guys be super interested about it. So I thank you for sticking with me this uh, this episode. If you guys want to leave us a voicemail, I know I forgot it last time, but I do remember it now. Uh, that voicemail line you can call us at nine seven zero. Oh, hold on. Yeah, nine seven zero seven four three zero five seven five. That's nine seven zero seven four three zero five seven five. And just leave us a voicemail about who you think Nebraska should hire next. What your thoughts are on the Scott Frost thing? Um, what you think about the Oklahoma game coming up? Any Nebraska-related thoughts um, about about Nebraska athletics? No, uh, we'd love to hear from you. And, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, and then also if you'd like to email us, you can email us at hbthpodcast at protonmail.com. That's hbthpodcast at protonmail.com. Once again, I uh, appreciate you guys joining me today. Grandpa will be back next episode. And that is all I have today besides Go Big Red.